0: This is The Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 175. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your host... Clough and John Middick. Hello my name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com and I'm joined as usual by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa how are you today?
1: I'm great how are you doing?
0: I am doing Never Better, and this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything surrounding this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we, who are we talking to today? Because that's what we're doing. We're doing an interview. So, who are we talking to today? We
1: are talking to Bob. To Bob. Oh, dear Bob. God. <laughs> we are talking to Barb Sodiropolis.
0: So, Barb, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Thanks so much
2: awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So why don't you take us back and talk to us a little bit about how you got involved with colored pencil.
2: Well, I went to art school for graphic design. So I have a graphic design degree. Um, The school that I went to called the Alberta College of Art and Design had a program that essentially did illustration and graphic design in tandem. Um, You did have to Pick your major, but I also took a lot of illustration classes. Originally, I wanted to be a painter, and (laughs) I uh, realized very quickly that I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to make a living doing that. And I had been doing graphic design kind of um, without really realizing I was doing it in the past. Just I used to play in a band, and I had done all our website and graphics and stuff like that. So it was something that I kind of had been naturally doing. And then I thought, okay, well, Let's see if I can do this as a career. So um had a formal art education. And then after I graduated, started working as a graphic designer. But I always just my love for drawing and having, you know, like most artists drawn my entire life um, just felt like I really needed to start getting back into it and doing more with it. And um, it was probably around 2015, I was seeing a lot of art on Instagram and I was like, what kind of medium is this? I, I don't know what this is. And through more research, realized it was colored pencil and had no idea that you could do that kind of thing with colored pencil or could do really highly rendered drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean here here they're called pencil crayons, <laughs> My, much that I yeah. much in Canada in Canada. So oh. um I am I am slowly re educating everyone I come across to all the yeah, good thank pencils. you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, pencil crayons tends to sound, and I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but it's like it just it makes it sound very like like in a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, it is a medium that you know it's like you graduate to pencil crayons from crayons and right. uh, but I think a lot of people really don't realize, especially here, just what is possible with it. Anyway, so I heard about the um the color pencil magazine monthly challenges. And so when I decided that I wanted to start, you know, exploring that medium more, I started doing the challenges every month. Um and I did that for about two years and I just totally fell in love with it, I think. I mean, I had had been using color pencils to some extent, you know, through my childhood and teenage years and whatever, but just didn't really fully realize the potential they had. So um, when I came across it, it was just, I think I just took to it more than any other medium that I've used. And I mean, I'm obviously familiar with different uh, coming from other mediums and specifically acrylic painting and charcoal and graphite, but yeah, it just it felt like such a good mix of all of the things that I loved about other mediums. Mm, that's really cool.
0: So, which yeah. pencils did you start out using? I guess I was twenty fifteen. What pencils yeah. were you using, and has that changed today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I started with Prismacolor. I think just because, um, you know, in terms of availability, you can get a quite a large set for. Right. Um, I mean, Michael's, those coupons, I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really easy to get a, lo- a lot of them. And I mean, at the time, I, d- I didn't have a lot of knowledge about what other brands were out there. And I think, too, when you're first starting, you know, the price tag that, of like Karen Dosh or like, fi- you know, polychromos can be a little bit intimidating at first. Yeah. Um. And so I had started with Prism Col- Prismacolor, and I still use them quite a bit just for um, sketchbook stuff and, you know, demo stuff that I do a lot for the magazine. Um, part of the reason I do that is because I feel like it is one of the brands that's a little bit more accessible and affordable. Um, but I also, when I'm doing pieces that are more either commissions or for, you know, other professional reasons, I tend to use polychromos. So, yeah. So it kind of, I mean, I kind of use, I'm kind of trying a lot of the different ones, but, uh, you know, I have my favorites.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So (laughs) what support do you like?
2: started using a Bristol vellum originally because I felt like, in combination with the Prismacolor, it was really... I felt like because that paper is so smooth, it was kind of easier to blend on. But because I'm doing a lot more mixed media with my work now, I tend to use the um, Fabriano Artistico. What I really liked about it, and I've tried similar other watercolor papers of the same weight, and I just... I don't like it as much only because I find it's, it's the warping and the whatever, like there's just something about it that's special.
1: <laughs> Have you had any of the new batches? Are you liking the new ones, um, batches of the Fabriano as much as
2: when you started with it? You know, I, I haven't gotten a new batch, but I was on Facebook the other day in one of the groups and I saw that like, apparently there's a lot of issues with them. So I don't yeah. know. For yeah. Color I pencil,
1: I'm still finding it. It's, it's, de- it's, Wow, I can't spit that out. It's decent, <laughs> but it's yeah. like for any water media where I go with ink tints or whatever, it's yeah. warping so bad. Like Really? Yeah. Oh. And not going back into shape like it used to.
2: Yeah. The last time I bought it, I bought like a lot. <laughs> so, oh, good. so good. Good. <laughs> I still have quite a bit of it, but uh, that's unfortunate if that's the case. But yeah, hopefully, I'm, God, hopefully, I hope I got they to go back to the way quickly. it was. Yeah, so um, I had decided that I wanted to do a series of work, I think, coming from just kind of doing one-off drawings of things here and there, um, especially when I was doing the um, color Pencil Magazine challenges for so long. It was just kind of, there was no real connection to what I was drawing. It was just kind of like the separate images. And I wanted to do something that was a little bit more cohesive and had a connection to it. and. Uh, right around the time I decided to do it, um, Canada's 150th birthday as a country was coming up. And I thought, okay, like, it'd be really cool to do um, just a series based on that. And so I looked at taking, it was a lot of research ahead of time, but uh, I looked at just what the provincial and territorial symbols were for each one. And um, I wanted to challenge myself creatively as well. And so I, I was like, okay, well, how can I combine these images and make it something that represents the province or whatever, but also is an engaging image without knowing that. So that was kind of part of the thought process behind it. And um, yeah. And then obviously just, trying to use mixed media with every piece and i mean for for time reasons in a lot of cases like the majority of most of them are still colored pencil but there's a lot of like either watercolor pencils or ink and that sort of thing um combined i think more towards the end i kind of got a bit of a a set amount of like uh materials that were working best for the pieces because I tended to use sort of the same things towards the end, whereas in the beginning I was kind of experimenting a little bit more. I think some of the earlier pieces I was using acrylic ink, which was okay, but the watercolor left the tooth of the paper a little bit easier to work on top of. So um, just stuff like that. So it was really it was great in terms of exploration with mixed media exploration with creativity and also just doing something that, um, you know, I could have a series of, so I ended up doing about one piece a month, um, over the entire year. And then actually towards the end, I ended up having to do, I think two, one month, just because there was 14 in total and obviously there's only 12 months in a
0: year so (laughs) these are so cool i really love this there's some cohesiveness with them because you can tell that they're all uh very very similar not i mean not just the medium but the design aspect right you've got in the sky there that is very unique and all this will be linked up on the show notes page you can check this out uh barb's just got a Really great website, blog, and, I mean, everything about this site is just set up so well.
2: A lot of time went into that, so I'm happy to you hear You can that. tell.
0: I love all this line work, though, uh, with ink on on all of these illustrations. These are really, really cool. Very nicely Thank done. You. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> I really like that strong and free.
2: It was really fun, actually, and then it's um like I said, creatively, it was such a yeah an interesting challenge because some things it was just like well, first of all, the amount of research I had to do to find like images that I could use of certain mm-hmm. like animals. I mean, luckily there's there's a zoo here um where I live in Calgary, and so a lot of you know <laughs> a lot of the animals. Luckily, if I really needed to, I could go there and take pictures of. Oh that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just trying to compile the reference to do this alone was uh, quite the. uh, Luckily, you know, my graphic design background really (laughs) played.
0: Yeah, you can can tell. There's. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: you can tell. There's. uh, There's a lot of thought that went into this, and you know, the the problem often that you see with artists trying to do something like this is it just looks like a mess because you know they've got too many elements in there that it looks messy. You've got just enough that it's not. In my opinion, it's just not crowded. It's enough where you can explore it and look around and enjoy everything that's there. That's really cool. This is harder to do than what I think a lot of people realize.
2: Totally, and I think the goal too is always to keep the viewer's eye moving through Mm -hmm. composition, right? Like that's, I mean, it's kind of the thing they teach you in art school and graphic design. And I mean, it's it's funny without even really trying. I think a lot of that stuff tends to seep into my work. So yeah, I'm sure. yeah, it's it's definitely been helpful, that's for sure. <laughs> the idea of like stock imagery and people using stuff from either Pixabay or wildlife res- reference photos and what I was saying was that it's it's funny and almost like kind of disappointing when you see somebody's done the exact same photo as you because <laughs> yeah. it's because even though like we all know that yeah, it's royalty free and you can use it, it it's almost like I feel like For me personally, like I had done the Barnell that's in my colored pencil section. Um, I mean, I was so proud of that piece. It won awards at like the shows I entered it in. And I think somewhat like a few months after that, another artist I follow on Instagram had done the exact same photo and hers was like just great. Right. And there was part of me that felt like, oh, no, like what if somebody thinks that I copied her or that she copied me or, you know, like, cause th- unless you're part of the community that knows these things exist. Yeah. yeah. That, like it can be kind of confusing, right? right? Cause it just looks like you ripped somebody off in a way. Right. So, I mean, after that experience, I really kind of made it a point to try and, you know, if I was going to use one of those photos, like how do I make it different? How do I change it enough so that? I mean, you can only change it so much. It still yeah. will probably look like that if you're familiar with the original. But how can I make it different enough so that it's it's not diminishing my piece or taking away from it or the other person's? If it look, you know,
0: it's hard to get away with that, though. It's hard to get around yeah. that uh, stigma that can happen because it
2: totally is, and I, and I think. Yeah, and I think for a lot of people, like, they really need to rely on copying something exactly, and depending on where they are in their skill level, that's something that works for them. But I also, I mean, I like to use the a music analogy with this, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like a band covering another band's song, right? Like, you can do it exactly and sound exactly like that band, or you can take it and put your own spin on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can, you can put you know change the the color you can change something about it or add something to it that's going to make it your own at the end of the day like there's chance that it might still be recognizable but then at least it's not like it's not like a carbon copy of the same thing which you know and again there's there's nothing necessarily wrong with that if that's what you want to do but i think just for me personally i i it really bothered me yeah (laughs) and uh I from that point forward was just like, okay, I really need to focus on um, how do how do I make these things my own, and how do I um, make sure that if somebody who didn't know came across this, they weren't they weren't in any way, shape, or form going to assume that there was some sort of copyright infringement happening. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. So in terms of commissions, um, I'm not taking as many of them right now. I'm sort of have really limited spots at the moment, um, just because, again, with me, you know, having a full-time job commitment and basically doing this as my second full-time job, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I have to try and balance um, what I can take on so that I can still have a life.
0: <laughs> so you're working right. full-time as a graphic designer right now?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something, I mean, I really enjoy it in the sense that it keeps me on top of technology all the time. And as well, um, graphic design is creative problem solving in a lot of ways. Whereas drawing and illustration is, um, it's it's a different kind of creativity and a different kind of problem solving. So they sort of both allow me to use the different parts of myself that need that different creativity fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so... It's, uh, and you know, it pays the bills when it comes down to it. Yeah. <laughs> always a bonus. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> and I think a lot of people, too, like, depending on what your personality type is, like, some people can't handle having that uncertainty, right? Like, my sister has been a freelancer for a really long time. And, you know, that's her life. It's all she knows. And she's used to it. And, you know, she she plans her her schedule accordingly. But, you know, for me, like, I have a little bit more anxiety when it comes to those things. And it's like, I don't ever want what I'm doing in terms of drawing an illustration to ever be something that um, isn't fun for me anymore. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't want it to be so stressful and and putting everything on it, having to sell to right. to feel like you know, and that's you're good. It. <laughs> I mean,
0: if you yeah, that's good if you know that about yourself, you know, and you know yeah. uh, what your temperament is and what you can handle, uh, that sort of thing with a job there's so many artists that are you know working on their work in the evening and on the weekends mm-hmm. and they're relying on that job and they're thinking of it as something just very very stable and mm-hmm. it's it's really not but we right. we lull ourselves into that false perception that it is stable and that it's right. good and all that um, it seems stable, if it hasn't changed in a long time, but you're getting your income from one source. That one source can go away.
2: Yeah, of course.
0: I am here with co-founder Andy of in Defense of Paper, and we're discussing this brand new journal. And I just love this journal. Got it right here in my hands as we speak. Andy, one of the things I love about this particular journal is the paper itself. Can you tell me a little bit more about the paper you chose for the journal? Sure.
1: Um, so the paper was really important to us. Um, we looked at many, many, many different kinds of paper and we settled on an 80 pound vellum astrolite paper, um, which pretty much means it's thicker than your average copy paper. It's not too thick. Vellum gives it kind of a nice tooth and a nice feel. It feels almost like the pages of an old book and astrolite um, is all of that put together plus the color. Mm-hmm. So it's not an ultra white, which would be far too bright, and it's not uh, a neutral or a natural white, which is almost yellow. So it's like that nice neutral white paper, and it's manufactured right here in New Hampshire at the Monadnock Paper Company from an eco-friendly mill uh, from wind power.
0: If you're ready to get your own journal, just head on over to the show notes and click the special link right there.
1: <laughs> you have the Derwent um, Lightfast pencils. How did you like those?
2: Uh, you know what? They're they're interesting. They were different than I thought they were going to be. Um, Actually, Sally from Color Pencil Magazine sent me them and I was like over the moon because literally the day before I had been on Derwent's website looking at them, I'm like, should I order <laughs> them? Should I do it? Should I pay the exchange rate? And then... Uh, <laughs> And then she had emailed me and was like, hey, do you want to try these? I'm like, yeah, I'd want to try them. So, yeah, she sent them in. You know what? They they actually, um, I you know, being that I just have the smaller set, I haven't done a full piece with them yet because I just haven't had a chance. But uh, they are, they definitely feel oily or kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, they feel oily. They, they feel don't different. feel like
1: the full... I didn't think they were... Like, I expected them to be more like polychromos. Yeah, and they weren't. And they, they weren't they at all. Like they that, were like... They, no.
2: they felt like a harder oil pastel to me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Debbie, do you blend with odorless mineral spirits? How do you um, um I used to. Do? I used to. I don't so much anymore. Um, I do on occasion. But because I'm doing a lot of stuff with mixed media, I don't necessarily mm. need to. Because what I'm usually doing in my process is... um I'll have like a watercolor or like a marker base tone. And then I'm going in with color pencil detail over top. So I don't necessarily need to do blending the same way that I used to, to like fill in the tooth of the paper. But um, I did, I did used to use um, the OMS quite a bit in my earlier pieces. I feel like that's that's the thing that maybe a lot of like uh, beginner color pencil artists have an issue with as well is that or get frustrated with or they don't understand why their their work isn't looking, um, you know, realistic enough. And, and part of it is they're either going too hard with their layers at first or not putting down enough or not able to, like, fill the tooth of the paper. So I started writing for Color Pencil Magazine uh, probably in the middle of 2016 um again i had been doing the color pencil magazine challenges every month and was quite active in the Flickr group where everybody posts their drawings and i think you know sally had maybe just kind of known me from there and i also at the time was starting to blog a lot more um i kind of had just decided well you know what i don't care if anyone's reading this or not i just i want to talk about this stuff and um i'm just going to put it out there and <laughs> if someone reads it cool if someone doesn't then fine and uh, it turned out that someone was reading it and it was apparently Sally, which was, it was, it was an interesting email to get. Cause I was like, that just goes to show you that you never know. Right. But, uh, yeah, so she had approached me and asked me if I wanted to write for the magazine. Um, they had an opening coming up for the Q and A article, which is the one that I write for every month. And, um, yeah, I said, yes. I mean, I was, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm really qualified to do this, but I'm going to do it and see what happens. And, Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been really great. It's, it's, it's been so rewarding to just be able to, um, you know, write for the magazine every month and, and, you know, hopefully help people out. It's, it's, I think people tend to have a lot of questions about um, certain things with colored pencil. And I mean, if I don't know, I'll research it as well. And then I learn something new. So um, i I'm in quite a few of the groups on um, Facebook for colored pencil. And so it's interesting to see too, just the the questions that come up there as well and what people want to know and what kind of things they keep asking about. So hopefully, you know, we're able to answer a lot of those questions and, and uh, give people the information they need through the magazine every month.
0: Oh, that's great! You know, yeah. it, it's a lot of things that we often take for granted. And when you're new to colored pencil, yeah, the, those are things that you you need to know about. And we, if we've been mm-hmm. drawing in colored pencil for very long, we always feel like, well, everybody knows how to do that, you know? And right, they right. Don't. <laughs> that's really awesome. It's such a good article. And Thank you. I didn't know you've yeah, been doing it that long. That's really cool. Oh yeah,
2: it's been it's been like two years now. I wow. think so. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean. You know, my goal with it, too, is always to try and give beginners information, but also people that maybe are a little bit advanced as well. I mean, again, I I would consider myself in a, you know, not a beginner anymore, obviously. But, um, you know, there's still things every now and then that I come across as well. And I think especially with art and with this medium, the way it's evolving and there's, you know, in terms of companies coming out with better kinds of products and, you know, trying to improve their light, fast ratings and, you know, different ways to blend. I mean, the stuff that like Eliana Nicholson does, like that's like a whole other level, you know, of different stuff she's doing and Esther Roy is also doing different things with the Icarus board. Like there's just so much innovation happening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's important as an artist, you know, especially if you're passionate about it, to stay on top of those things and continue to learn. Because even when you reach a point where you feel you're a professional, there's still things you can learn. Like right. you, you don't stop learning just like you don't get to a point where you're like, well, I know it all. <laughs> right. Well, that that's
0: cool. Yeah. And you brought up a couple of things that I guess point to that evolution in this medium. Are there any, is, is there anything else that you can think of that, that you think is new and different that's happening with colored pencil?
2: I mean, I think from my perspective, what I like that I'm seeing that's new and different isn't maybe necessarily from a um, a technical perspective, more so in the type of art people are creating with colored pencil. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of people just kind of asking questions and... um, trying to do
0: you mean like uh, subject matter too or um
2: yeah i just meant like subject matter and even just style so there's artist i don't remember his name unfortunately right now but there's an artist i believe he's in australia and he just does like really cool abstract stuff like you know i think colored pencil a lot of the time is um you know people might think of it as well you have to do high realism or hyper realism and i don't know that that I don't know that you necessarily have to, you know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not the only good type of colored pencil art. I mean, a lot of the stuff I do tends to be quite illustrative, but mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's different ways to use that medium in different styles. And, right, and right. Um, I think, I think I like seeing the exploration with that um, a lot as well, not just with the realism. I mean, I love the realism stuff too, but I think, there's room for that medium to be, I mean, you oh, know, in the way that acrylic paint is used for realism, but also abstraction, like, I think there's room to to kind of expand the medium that way in terms of the style of art that's being created with it, not just,
0: you know, no, I definitely light. agree. Yeah, there's, there's room for all styles. Um, it is kind of odd that most colored pencil artists, I don't know that it's odd, but it seems to be something that happens is that we're seems like everyone is mostly drawn towards realism um in a recent er, recent in (laughs) (laughs) in a recent colored pencil show um that i was in there was some uh i'm trying to think how to explain the art but it was it was. It looked childlike, and uh, right. but it was intentional, you know. And so I, right. I thought it was kind of cool. It was, you know, nearly like stick figures, and he had like three or four different um, submissions. And you know, I looked at them. I thought they were really, really kind of cool. They had a lot of work with uh, perspective uh, in them, and so they weren't. You know, just diff, they weren't easy, I, I should say. They weren't just easy mm. to create. It wasn't pushing the bounds on realism or on colors or anything like that. There's room for all styles. Yeah. And types, I think
2: it's kind of interesting because I think, in, in some aspect, because, you know, I think in the United States, colored pencil has a little bit more of a presence, but certainly here it's, um, I think it's still trying to get its legs in terms of popularity. I, I think any show that I've entered where I've put in colored pencil work, like mm-hmm. always I get, oh my God, that's colored pencil. I can't believe you know, and and that might seem kinda of old to some people now, but I mean there's still a lot of people that don't realize what's possible with that medium. And and so to some degree I feel, you know, responsible to i mean <laughs> i'm responsible for all of canada apparently <laughs> <laughs> you no, are I, I, yeah no as a, as you know as someone who who you know i i feel that in some ways i am an ambassador yeah. for colored pencil especially writing for the magazine and right. and so i want i want to be able to show what it can do because that's just it Absolutely. like a lot of people still have the impression that You know, it's a child's medium and that sort of thing. But at the same time, there's part of me that's like, okay, but I still also want to do the stuff that I want to do. So, I mean, you'll see in my work, there is, you know, there's both, there's the illustrative stuff, there is the stuff that's more towards realism. And, and, and I really, I want to show that it has that diversity. Like, it's not just one thing. It, it can mm-hmm. be many different things. And and I think the the focus on realism tends to come out a, a lot because I think the people that, you know, are very passionate about color pencil want to be like, hey, but you can do this with it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. this is legitimate. Like, you can do what you can do in some cases with oil paint in this medium in terms of the finish. And it's important for that to be seen for, for the medium to be taken seriously, but also, you know, I don't, I also hope that people aren't limiting themselves to just that as well. So, yeah,
0: no, yeah. well said. I, I love
2: kind that. A long rant. But no,
0: I love that. <laughs> that. That's good. This is good. Yeah. What advice would you give a brand new artist, someone just starting out in the medium or maybe has never, um, touched a colored pencil yet? Uh, what advice would you give somebody if they're interested in starting in colored pencil?
2: Um, I think the first thing is is just to you know find out about it, um, as much of it as you can, and don't be afraid to sort of look at what other people are doing, like different types of people are doing. because I think um you know one one method might not work for you, but another might. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oftentimes, I mean, it's it's a good example of that is you know, combination of pencils and paper. Yeah. Um, there's no real right or wrong. Um, combination people definitely have their preferences but um, I think you need to find what works for you and the style that you want to create and and, you know that can evolve over time and that's okay too like I said I mean I started with Prismacolor and a Bristol smooth paper and that's not even close to what I use now for my pieces so um, I think just try as much as you can learn as much as you can and uh don't be afraid to sometimes take a step back to take a step forward i think a lot of artists who are maybe already experienced artists and other mediums tend to feel like um you know they want to just jump right in and do something complex but if you're not familiar with the medium i mean it can it can end up being kind of disappointing um and i think uh you know, it might mean starting with, you know, what I often recommend to people is just starting with something really simple and really small. So like a piece of fruit or something, mm-hmm. you know, something that you can, um, you know, experiment with something that is a basic shape that you can get the form of. Um, and especially if you're not an experienced artist, like I... I oftentimes get people, that are like, oh, well, I want to, I just want to do, they'll, they'll show me an image. And it's like this really complex image. I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's something good to work up to, but like, I don't know right. that you're there yet. <laughs> right. And, and it's not that they can't get there. It's just that, you know, maybe do part of that photo, mm-hmm. maybe simplify it, maybe do something. I think sometimes people get really excited and they try to do too much too soon and then let themselves down because right. Right. it doesn't end up looking like. Whoever it is they're looking to as inspiration, and and the, <laughs> right. and the point is, it's like it's not it's not that you can't get there, but sometimes you need to start slower. You need to build up some fin- foundation skills to be able to get to that point. So, I want
0: to I want to recreate the Sistine Chapel in colored pencil. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah no doubt. That's
2: so yeah. Funny. And then the other thing I would say too is just find ways to challenge yourself creatively, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about you know the the reference photos and you know try to try to make it your own somehow like find find a way like one of the things i'm really focused on in my work right now is i want to do a whole series that has more of a, a storytelling element to it like how how can i take these pieces and give it a different feel and you know maybe it's using similar colors or similar subject matter and You know, don't be afraid to brainstorm and try those things like you don't have to you don't have to put yourself in a box when it comes to art. And I think as much as artists are known for not being put in boxes, a lot of times I think people tend to still do that to themselves. And there's nothing wrong with doing something different. And it may not look great the first time, but just keep doing it. And eventually it'll it'll it could turn into something so.
0: Well, I mean, you you did a lot of research and did your own um, composition and figured out what you were going to include in all of these elements when you did your Canada 150 project. I mean, do, yeah. do you? I mean, do you not recommend someone you know take their own photo references and start trying to head down that path? Especially if yeah. we're not talking about a beginner, we're talking about someone who uh, is maybe a little more advanced
2: totally i think i think that's definitely i mean one of the things i was told in art school by i don't remember which instructor it was but they said like get used to using a camera and take pictures mm. everywhere you go like right. i just got back from um a trip to new york and i mean well, fun. the amount the amount of pictures that i took yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, hard but to do there <laughs> no it's obvious no it's definitely not but i mean it's stuff like take pictures of things you think are interesting, I mean, and start building a catalog of images, because you never know when you're going to need those or what it might be good for inspiration later. And I definitely think it's good for people to eventually learn to take their own photos. And I think what ends up happening is people get intimidated by it because they think that means like buying an SLR camera and like, you know, having to be a professional photographer. But I mean, I'll tell you this my iPhone I feel like was taking better pictures than my camera on this trip and yeah I mean
0: um, yeah that's the nice thing about it you and you can start with your camera phone and it does such a great job yeah
2: yeah so there's so much more advanced now like there's really not and and, you know John you and I had talked about this at one point before but you know a lot of good photography is lighting and composition and you know you know looking at um You know, as an artist, you should already have most people already have a bit of an eye for composition. So, you know, it's stuff like when you're taking pictures of things, like what angles can you take them at? Like, can you get down lower? Can you get up closer? Like, yeah. what's a totally different angle you can take this picture from? It's not just about taking your a standard photo. Like, there's there's a lot of ways to get creative with that too. And it's so, it's so easy to do it, like we were saying, you know, just using your phone as well. And I think that's definitely long-term where your goal should be because then, you know, you're really... You're you're really not worrying about whether your art looks like somebody else or whether right. the subject matter looks like something else. Like, it's um, it's definitely something I think everybody should aspire to do at some point as well.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's great advice though to have your camera with you all the time. And for most, I mean, you know that old saying, um, "What's the best camera?" Well, the best camera is the one you have on you, the one that's yeah. right there with you. Most people, <laughs> so that's true. their phone. So I'm snapping photos all the time just because of that very reason, you know, just.
2: Yeah, and I think that's great. And and I think most people, if you have a smartphone, and I think, you know, smartphones are pretty popular these days. Like, um, I don't think anyone's still rolling with a flip phone, but you never know. Um. There's a few. <laughs> He's <laughs> probably a few. My mom is one of them, yeah,, um, she, uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's no real excuse now. I mean, right. I think every you know, there and and of course, even I mean, even in terms of the editing in your photos, like yeah. there's so many apps out there that are right. so they make it so easy to give, you know, professional editing. To photos that, I mean, that used to be exclusive to, pe- to people who used to know how to use Photoshop, and it's not anymore, right? right so, right. Um, you know, there's so there's so many um, ways to t- take your own photos, edit them make them look a certain way to to you know make things original Mm -hmm. and absolutely um, yeah i think i think people need to get over sort of being afraid to do that because i think the more you do it it, i mean it's like drawing right the more photos you take the the more you'll get better at it right it's it's not something you just are either good at or aren't so that's exactly right yeah, so I just uh through Color Pencil magazine, I had um she Sally had connected me with uh, Jerry's Artorama to do a mixed media demonstration for them. So they right. have um, a line of products called Soho Urban Artist, which is I believe their house brand of products. It's uh-huh. comparable to like artist Loft for Michaels. Right. Um yeah, so they had sent me a bunch of um, their products to try and do a mixed media demo for them, and um, it's also being done as an insert for Color Pencil Magazine. They're doing the um, Art of the Carolinas Art Conference. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, so they um, they give out uh, like a, a complimentary, I guess, promotional issue of the magazine, and this is going to be an insert that's in it. So the insert is entirely. Um, me doing this demo. And there's actually, um, I did a YouTube video as well to go along with it. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the, the insert is basically talking, it goes through the steps of how I created the piece and the video is more of a visual representation of how I created it. And I talk a little bit more about the products as well. Oh,
0: nice. Well, thanks for giving us a heads up on that. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, I think going forward, my goal is to, again, still push forward with um, what my voice is as an artist and, you know, the type of work that I'm creating, I think you know, I've, I've gone through sort of the um, process that everyone else has gone through, where you're kind of just doing one off drawings of things that interest you, but I'm really interested in creating series. And, um, you know, again, I would mentioned the storytelling aspect of my work. And part of that comes from, you know, a lot of my major influences artistically are illustrators. So it's, I think it just kind of naturally comes from that. But um, and then the other side of that is that I'd also like to start um, getting into teaching a little bit more. I'm more interested in doing it in, in kind of a one-on-one perspective. But yeah, because uh, yeah, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of like individual <laughs> needs and i know just from you know people i've interacted with either through instagram or whatever that sometimes people have questions that you just like aren't anticipating and again that comes from you know sometimes you just forget the type of things and you think everyone knows but they don't right 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 um yeah so i'm hoping to eventually do that probably through patreon if i can just set up a way to do more of like a one-on-one coaching situation oh yeah Um, very cool yeah and I mean obviously I still I mean I'm I'm still very new to YouTube as well but that's something that I want to you know keep pushing forward with and you know doing um Either re- Whether it be through reviews or just demos and stuff like that to um, to keep just sharing stuff that I've learned and stuff that I think is interesting and exciting. So, I mean, I, I am kind of like gearing more. T- it's, it's a little bit more of like going into like more of a teaching aspect, which mm-hmm. is kind of a natural progression from what I've been doing with um, the magazine as well. And, um, yeah. yeah, And just, you know, just carving out more what, what I, you know, my signature style is for my artwork. So
0: yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Barb. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And this was so much fun and appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you soon.
2: Great. Thanks for having me. Bye.
0: All right, so you can go over to the show notes at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast, and we'll have all the links that we mentioned, especially Barb's site there, and you can just click on that link and go over there and read her blog, look, look at the galleries that she has up there. And i got to say, I'm sure you notice this too, Lisa, she does a great job with even the descriptions of her artwork over there. So awesome, awesome uh, website over there. Go check that out. If you're enjoying the show, go ahead and leave us a rating or and or a review and tell someone else about the show. This is a weekly show and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at